Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the Open Door Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Faison Myers, and as always, I'm here with my fellow co-host, Miles Miller, Kevin Osborne. And we have a couple of special guests with us here today. We have Mr. Brendez Tronshaw. Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast, sir. Happy to be here. And we have two very lovely ladies before us today as well. They want to go ahead and introduce themselves. Hey, guys. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Dominique. Alrighty, and the reason why we have these special guests on here today is because this is the first week in March, and March solidifies as Women History Month, so we thought it wouldn't be right if we didn't start off this month with the Open Door Podcast and highlighting women and their accomplishments and what makes them so great, you know, why we love and adore them so much, so we wanted to get them on here so they can speak about, you know, what makes them them and why we just appreciate them so much so we just want to go ahead and get ready and kick off with a warm-up question which honestly I mean, it, it's up to y'all what, what makes what does it mean to be a woman I mean honestly I don't think there's really an answer to what it means to be a woman I think everybody has their own different opinion like some people say oh a woman is a strong person and she handles the household and she's nurturing and she's this, that, and the other, but honestly, not every woman is like that. Mm-hmm. Every woman varies, you know. It's no real answer on what it means to be a woman. Whatever you decide that your definition of a woman is, I guess that's what a woman is for you. Okay, but then what makes you, you? Uh, I don't know. For me, I guess my resilience, um, my personality, the way I handle my business, that's what makes me, me. And do you like that about yourself? Yeah, of course. I've learned to love my flaws that I have, and I've learned to, um, you know, take the things that I don't like and figure out either how I can make myself a better woman Mm -hmm. or how I work around them and, you know, make it for the best. Okay. I like that. Dom, you want to say something about that? Well, I mean, just getting into it, I think our focus on this episode is empowering women. And that's especially for all of our women listeners out here. Uh, We appreciate your consistent um, feedback on the podcast and that keeps us growing. But this episode is dedicated to y'all and what makes you so powerful and strong by the means that we don't even know about. And so we just want to kind of hone in on that attribute of empowerment and, you know, asking that question, what makes a woman empowering? I think empowering women is something that we do as a collective, honestly. You know, you have to be able to recognize the next woman and see her features and see what she's good at and network with her that's empowering another woman not tearing her down or pointing out her flaws or you know just saying oh you're this that and the other or hating on the next woman Mm -hmm. the more that you recognize and you know I don't know what the word would be for it but the more that you celebrate the next woman I think that's empowering the woman.
So now that's when I think of empowerment, I think there's two ways. There's empowering somebody else and then there's empowering yourself. And you just spoke upon empowering yourself. How do you show yourself that you're gonna empower you? Like keep you going throughout the day and kickstarting yourself saying, hey, I'm gonna determine that I'm gonna achieve this goal and I'm damn sure gonna make sure I get it done. I feel like it all starts with, oh, this is Brenda speaking. Um, I feel like by empowering your day, it all starts with your energy. And with that being said, um, <clears throat> you have to like, every single day when you wake up, I feel like before the day even starts, you should tell yourself that you're gonna have a good day, regardless if you are a male or a female, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like it just all starts off with energy. So if you start off with positive energy, then that kind of already speaks empowerment into your day, into whatever you do for the rest of the day. Yeah. So that's what I would say for that. I, I, I agree on that. I think as a guy, I think the way that we can empower women is by letting them know verbally saying, hey, what you're doing is right, but then also understanding that uh, actions speak louder than words as well. Uh, and once you know that, uh, the, the support of a black man goes a long way, it's especially. very important. Very yes. important. And I mean, I, I just got off a meeting uh, in regards to that. Uh, just, they were, black women were really stating that they don't, as a black man, they don't understand when you support somebody, uh, especially a black woman, that means more than them with your actions than your silence. Because your silence means that you don't support them and that you don't believe in them. But when you sit there and you are behind them, when you're beside them, when you're doing something for them, that goes a long way to show that, hey, I'm here for you and I appreciate you. And whatever you need, I got you. And and I feel like we kind of have to break down why that is so important. Because you have to think, like, as an African-American woman, they're a double minority. Like, that's very, very hard to be. You see what I'm saying? So if the whole world is against you, they need somebody on their and so they already have, you know, themselves as them, but they need us to be, you know, backing them up. And and sometimes, you know, the quietest voices need louder speakers, and we should be the loudspeakers for our African-American women. And, you know, a lot of times it's very hard to get that, especially in today's society, because nowadays I want to say, like, we have so much to live up to or so many standards put on us by the world like when it comes to our body type how we speak you know what we look like how we present ourselves it's so much stuff that we just sometimes it would just be nice to just have somebody to be like look you don't have to live up to all those standards mm -hmm. you don't have to have a bbl or you don't have to you know get your get a long weave in order to be the cutest person you don't have to speak proper you don't you know it's just a lot of stuff that comes into it that we do need support for mm -hmm. I, I i i love that because you're saying that at the end of the day you can hold your own but the support of others makes you stronger and i think that's what empowering understands is that by yourself you're strong but with others you're much stronger and that's like a chair you know a chair maybe can stand on one leg but when you have four legs connected to it i mean that is a strong sturdy surface that can hold any weight or any pressure that's given to them so for a woman 
if you have the support system around you, other women, black men, anybody around you, that means that we understand that one, you have something that we that needs to be shared with the world. And then two, we're gonna make sure even when days that you feel down, we're gonna keep, you, keep on lifting you up because that's only right to do so as a person. And it's hard, I, I'm sure you can speak upon it, that women go through a lot with their bodies, with their minds, with the pressures of the expectations they have for themselves. So, I mean, I just want to kind of talk a little bit on what keeps you grounded. You know, I want to say something that keeps me grounded personally is a strong family foundation. Um, my story is a little different from other people's, so most people grow up in a home where they, you know, have either both parents or, you know, there's a stereotype that if you don't have both parents, you have your mother. My situation's a little different, which kept me grounded is that I have my father. So having my father kind of instilled in me what I needed to know, and then everything else just starts to fall behind, you know, teachers and having mentors, and it's just the small people that play a role in your life and that helps you keep going and keep moving every day. And even when you feel like you're down and you can't do it anymore, it's the friends, family, mentors that pick you back up and like, okay, you're gonna be fine. Like, just get back up. What do you guys think that um, lack of support lies? Like, why is women not supported as anybody else? What do you think that lies? See me, I, th I think it, it probably stems from, I'm speaking on us as a black race, like men, men have their own battle and women have their own battle instead of fighting it on one front. Like me and Miles had this conversation plenty of times off, off air talking about how we can find a common goal to fight against, but instead we try to fight on two different grounds and I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess kind of to like refine Kevo's question, Where's the common ground in which we can start the support and then build from there? I don't know, you know, that's a hard question. I think honestly, as women and also as men, we just, many times we don't understand each other. And I feel like, you know, we're not really meant to understand each other because what you may go through as a man, I may not understand as a woman, what you go through mentally and physically when you go out into the world, just like when I go out into the world, you don't understand. The biggest thing I would say is try to do communication, but sometimes it's hard to communicate things like that when the other person thinks that you're trying to belittle them or, mm -hmm. you know, trying to argue with them. Nothing gets understood. And I, that's a good point because with social media, we see it all the time that women say men don't support them. And now that becomes the perception for any woman that sees a man, that no matter who you are, society is now placed in my mind that I have to think this first and then think something second. Like in the court system, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Women see men sometimes, most of the time is as, you're not here to value me and protect me, instead you're here to belittle me. And I think that's hard on our end as well too because us as men, we want to support y'all. You know, I was raised with my mother and my grandmother who are two very strong women. 
and I saw how much they sacrificed in life in order for me to be where I'm supposed to be at, I want to make sure whoever I encounter, no matter how old, how young you are, as a man, I want to be supportive of there for you as well. And it's going to be the st uh, typical stereotypes that a, a man has to be sturdy and strong and has to have that strong backbone. But I think now with our generation, we have to leave ourselves from those, those stigmas and those stereotypes and understand that anybody can do anything. The woman can be the breadwinner. The woman can be the, 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 or the matriarch of the family. So no matter who you are, understand that you can be supportive, but I think it's harder for us to support y'all because of what society is trying to shame us for of a few examples. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think everything starts at home if I'm being honest, because just like you said, you were raised by your mother and your grandmother. That created your foundation. So, of course, you're going to sit there and you're going to support women as much as you can because, <laughs> because that's your foundation. Me, I typically, you know, have more guys around me, and it's, it's easier to understand because I'm raised by my father, whereas my sister, one of my friends, because she's raised by her mother, depending on what her mother is teaching her growing up, that's what she's going to believe. Mm. And, you know, I'm not going to be... Experience, yeah, exactly. It varies in experience, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. Like, it's a lot of single black women out here that will shame men because of the simple fact of, you know, he's not there to raise you, but they don't look at the situation at hand on what's going on that he's not there. You can't treat everybody the same because of your past experiences. You can't, but I, I mean, don't really know how to explain it. Like, you can't, but you have to think of that's what you always just gonna be thinking around in the back of your mind. Like, oh well, yeah, I mean, I think you can, and especially with our generation now. Like, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's the same, but I yeah. mean, you know, majority. You you take your experiences and it and it helps you adapt but you can't take it as that's going to be the same thing every single time you but i can take it how i and that's how i deal with it right but then but now that might affect the next person that you see so because you might have had a not such a bright brown bring up with your your family or say that a male present wasn't there now when you get older and now you're now a college student you're seeing a lot more young men you don't want to treat them the same as how there wasn't a presence of a man in your life because now you start to affect them mentally and morally as well. So now they start to be hurt. And now their their expectation of what they have in life starts to differ as well too. Yeah, and I was about to say, my favorite metaphor is the iron experience. Like, if you burn your finger on an iron, you now learn how to properly use an iron not to get burned again. So the same thing is like with relationships. Like, you can't go walk around like, oh, every iron is going to burn me. No. You now know how to move properly around an iron so that you don't get burnt. And so take those lessons and move them forward and I don't think that, you know, you'll get burnt again. That's my, my personal opinion. On that. I don't disagree. Hmm. Why don't you disagree? I mean... I don't disagree with what he's saying. I feel like that's kind of what I was saying as well. I mean... Adapting and using what you know is how you move in relationships and situations. That doesn't necessarily hinder me from going somewhere with somebody or meeting somebody or, you know, it's just me. That's how I'm dealing with the situation. That's mm -hmm. how I'm able to give myself and give, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. 
But then it's like also when we came where we grew up at meeting friends, right? And we understood how they how they go, how they operate. When we got to school, we realized there's a much more melting pot of people all across the world. Miles is from the north. He's different than me because I'm from the south. I have this kind of southern hospitality, you know, I'm going to greet you as if you're already my best friend that I've never seen you before. And that's how I met Miles, you know. I was that very happy-go-lucky person, and Miles is more of a reserved, you know, who are you type of person. And you have to learn that the environment that you are in shapes you, but you can't let that environment be what you see all the time. And see, that's that's what I was trying to say, like, how you're raised really affects on what you think about the next person. And, you know, it's very easy to teach a baby or teach a child. But once you become an adult, it's very hard to change your ways. So if you are raised by someone that is saying, you know, females are this or men are this, like, that's what you're going to go on with the rest of your life thinking. So until you start to heal yourself, until you start trying to, find new things and, you know, actually discover life, you're going to go around thinking, oh, men don't support me or, you know, this, that, and like, you're just going to go around thinking certain stigmas and it's very hard to break them. Yeah, but I, I, I want to counter that though, because I agree with your first point saying that your environment of what you're upbringing does have a, a part of who you become, but the self morals that you have for yourself solidifies who you are. But where do you get your morals from? from? You get your morals from where you want to get it from. This is what I mean by that. Yes, your mom or your dad can teach you something. It's not just your mom and dad. It's also your family. Your family. I don't, anybody that you're close with that you have an interaction with most of the time. Mm-hmm. But then you can be proactive on your own ways and start to learn about who you want to become. Yeah, but see, not everybody that. is like you. Some people can't do that. You know. But and that's why I said self. So like that's a self help tactic. That's there's a lot of self books. How to influence friends and you know win people. Rich dad, poor dad. These are a lot of self help books that you know can kind of get you to where you are. I think what you're now bringing up though is ways in which we can now shape and shift people's mindsets. You see what I'm saying? Because you're talking talking now about books. So reading. Yeah, I just reading feel like, yeah. You, I feel like you got to go through something in order to like change that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you might not even think that Because a lot of people grow up because of, like you said, how you're raised. If you go, if you grow up doing the same thing over and over again, you're not gonna realize that at 35, 40 years old that you need to make a difference. You need to make a change. Like how you were saying, like some people are just naturally kind of stuck in their ways. They don't even yeah, think they're doing I, you, anything. You're wrong. right. That's like if you fall down, you never realize that you fell down until you got back up. They never thought they fell is what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. They might think that the ground is where they need to stay at because that's what... You got to remember, it's two different mindsets. There's a growth ma- a mindset and then there's a stagnant mindset. A lot of people are in stagnant and fixed mindsets. So what do you do with those people? And then you got to think, I'm not, this may not be statistically correct, but I want to say majority of our generation is in a stagnant mindset. That's true. It's actually, I read a book um, from a woman. I actually forgot her name, but the name of the book was Mindset, and she talked about it several times and how having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset all starts in when you're five, six years old versus, say, Faison, okay, you're six years old. You bring a test grade home to your mom, and you you fail, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
at this moment, your mom can say two things. She can either say something, say the test was math. She can either say something that makes you feel like you're not good at math anymore, or she could tell you, you know, go study and you can get a grade, I mean, a better grade the next time you take the test. Now, if she would've told you the thing that made you feel like you weren't good at math, you're gonna grow up your entire life thinking, because of that one test you failed when you were six years old, oh, I'm not good at math, that's gonna carry you on into high school and college, because now you're stuck in a fixed mindset. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I agree with that, but I think my question is, and going back to the topic that we're saying, how do you empower yourself to get out of what you've learned to what you want to be? Well, first you have to tell yourself that they're really, and anything that you want to get better in, I feel like you have to tell yourself that there isn't a limit. A lot of people see limits. Like, mm -hmm. they feel like they can't reach a certain point or they can't get past a certain point. But if you're growing up and people are telling you that there is no limit, you can do whatever you want, then it's a little bit of a different situation. And I, I agree, there's a quote that uh, I heard, and it said, the sky's not the limit, it's only the beginning. Because when you limit yourself to the sky, then you think that that's the ceiling. Once you hit it. And once you hit it, then you just plateau. You don't plateau. There's still more and more heights that we're achieving. Because they thought they said, once you go to the moon, that's all you can do. They not reached the moon, now they're going to Mars. They're going to a whole different galaxy. Yeah, so you keep on changing your standards for yourself. Because there's no ceiling. The ceiling, no is what you, the ceiling is what you make it. The ceiling is what you make it, and a lot of times I feel like people should, instead of feeling like, you can't really visualize, I feel like you can't really visualize a limit. You are the limit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people look at other people and compare themselves like, oh, okay, say you want to be the best basketball player. Okay, somebody like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like, that's the limit. There is nothing better than that. Instead mm -hmm. of just thinking, okay, what if I just try my hardest and I become that limit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I, I agree with that. I, I, I really hate the comparison of other people, though, because no one always, no that's, one has the exact starting point of view in life. And you know what? That's really a major problem nowadays, especially, especially for women, since we're talking about women. Um, you know, you go on Instagram and you see IG models, you see actresses, you see rappers, girlfriends, and a lot of females idolize these people and they want to be like them. And I kind of feel like that's setting your standard low, but that's per my personal opinion. I feel like that's setting your standard low because you can go out here and you can do 10 times more than what they're doing. You know, I always tell, like I tell Des all the time, I say, what are you going to do when the curtain closes? What a lot of these females do not understand is, those IG models, they, they have it right now because they're still young. But, you know, just like any football player, basketball player, actor, eventually you get old, your licks go away, and the next person that's younger than you, it's their turn. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Because you wanted to be this IG model. Right. Now you don't have anything else to, you know, sit there and actually say, oh, I did that. Yeah. You, know, you, you use somebody else's life as a guide, but you don't use it as... Use it like as a template. You don't copy it. Yeah. You observe it, but and you a lot don't... of people try to copy their yeah. life, and that becomes a major issue, especially with females. So that's when you know we kind of do need male support because you got to think about it. Just like for males, I mean, at a certain point in time, we were taught that males were hunters. I know I was taught that, but you know, as females, sometimes we want to impress men. So if we see that all you guys want is, oh, a girl with a BBL, fat ass, ooh, fat, I don't know if you can cuss on here. 
a fat butt and nice body, this, that, and the other. But, you know, that's when the girls that don't have no body or, you know, they got big boobs but they don't got no butt or they tall and oddly shaped and stuff like that, you know, they start feeling bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. So it becomes hard. And that's where we need, like, recognition. Like, you're beautiful without all that other stuff. So can we say that, like, comparison is, like super super detrimental to the empowerment of women like that's probably one of the top five things yeah comparison is the killer of joy though it is it definitely is the killer of joy yeah like why are you sitting up here watching somebody else's why are you sitting up here watching somebody else's grass like you be focusing on your you gotta think about it like how many girls do you see on instagram working out posting videos because they're saying oh i want to be thick for the summer or you know oh I need this in order to get a man. Like, I've even had a friend call me before and tell me that she was really depressed and she needs to delete Instagram because all the girls are shaped like this and she's so skinny and they have this designer, that designer, and, you know, it really made her depressed. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we talked about that in our mental health episode where you have to get away from things mm -hmm. that are detrimenting you and not building you up. And I remember I was saying, like, you... He got off of social media because that conversation aspect of, you know, meeting somebody does not hit the same no more. You know, we've lost our way in touch of having humanly interaction with somebody, not between two phone screens, but face to face. Like, I should be able to come to you and say, hey, what's up? How you doing? And you should be able to say, hey, how you doing back? You can't be able to freeze and pause and like, you know, you stuck. Like, yeah. that's why I, I really agree with that, with that uh, point where sometimes you have to understand to empower, you have to let go. And it hurts because at the time, you love it so much. So when you have to let it go, it feels like it's the worst thing to do, but actually it's the best thing to do in the long run. Yeah. And that's the main reason I'm trying to, I wanted to do the little event that we're doing at the end of the month because I feel like, women, we need. Go ahead, finish uh, that out. Yeah, go ahead and talk, talk oh, about that event. I'm sorry. Okay, so, yeah. That's why I wanted to do the Becoming of Self event and the Call You on a Sunday event because, I feel like, women, we need time to ourselves to just know that it's okay. We're all going through it, you know? Mm -hmm. We need to have each other's back. A lot of time we don't have each other's back because we're competing for attention. Like, what do we all need attention for? I mean, I get it. But at the same time, you won't really get the attention you want or, you know, won't feel whole until you start loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the main key. Like, I think I want that's the main objective for our event is for you to learn how to love yourself how to network with other women how to and bring up the next female as well as bring it up yourself how do you love yourself how do i love myself mm -hmm. i mean i tell myself affirmations you know we all had insecurities at one point in time i think my biggest thing was um i've always been skinny my entire life so growing up you know they would always call me like string bean and all this other stuff and I just had to look at myself and be like, look, Jasmine, this is how you were born. Mm -hmm. This is what you are, and that is okay. And until you start loving yourself, ain't nobody else going to love you. Hey, that, that's it right there. That's powerful. That is that's very powerful. I, I think that goes for anybody. I know that this episode is directed towards women, but you have to understand as a person, until you love yourself, that's the first step. You can't skip step one to get to step three. You got to go through that first block of saying, hey, yeah. I know that I am me and I'm going to love me for every single step of the way. Because once I realize that, anything else becomes easier. 
that's where we have to tackle that part of life because when we talked about the comparisons, if I realize that I got to compare myself to the dude that I see is in the gym lifting 315 mm-hmm. and I'm only doing 115, that's not true. But, but uh, <laughs> you now don't understand that you might know, you might be smarter than that guy. That guy is, he has a plus at one thing that you're not good at, but you complete yourself by what you make yourself who you want to be. Yeah. The only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, you'll hear a lot of people that you look up to say their only competition is yourself. I feel like that is very that valid. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing that you need to be trying to compare yourself to. I'm trying to be better than the person I was yesterday mm-hmm. or the person I was six months ago. As long as you're making little steps to be a better person than you were, I feel like you're in the you're going in the right direction. And make sure that you don't harm yourself either like mentally, physically saying that hey, because I don't reach the goal that I have in mind mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's not the like the end. I just have to reevaluate what I'm doing and come back stronger in it. That's all that is. I got a question. Do you do you guys believe feminism include the black female community? As far as you know, the women's women's right month is usually March, and it's more geared towards white women. You feel like the black females are equally represented in it? Okay. Um. Honestly, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask about yeah. feminism. Honestly, I personally don't think I'm a feminist, okay. so well, I can't explain that. Yeah. I think feminists are. The I don't know. Yeah, we might need to look up the definition of feminist because I think personally that I'm just a woman. Like, I don't think I just go so hard for women's rights, and I don't do that. I'm not out here marching over, you know. So I can't tell you. Okay, feminism. (laughs) Feminist is the support of feminism, and feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. <laughs> Feminism <laughs> is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Okay. So from that definition alone, do you say that you're a feminist or not? I still don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, here and there. Yeah. I'll probably like talk about an issue here and there that bothers me, but I don't think I like. So then, what? Wait, what, what was you... the question? I'm sorry. Do you feel like black women are equally represented in the whole feminist theory? Quotations. (laughs) I mean, it's the same thing with everything. You know, we a lot of times have to take the back burner. Mm -hmm. And I think black women are still fighting for stuff that white women have now. Anybody. So you can't get to that. You can't get to that point, right? The, The wage gap, the glass ceiling, trying to get to these accomplishments that they have faced before. I, like we see Kamala Harris, she's now become the first black uh, woman vice president in the United States of America. And like we like that, that's good. But you don't stop there. You know? Shout out, shout out to AKs. Hey Nana, you know. <laughs> but you know, like things like that. I think you have to realize everyone has their own fight, and they just group the fights up into one word. Yeah. And you don't realize that. Some people are way ahead than you, so you're trying to get to step five, and they're already at step twenty. So they're fighting on thirty. You're just trying to get to ten. So I mean, I I I see what you mean by that point now because you're you have your own battle to go to first. 
And until you conquer that battle, you can't say that you are something else yet. Because you have to get to that checkpoint. So, okay. I like that. And then speaking on that, I was going to ask you guys, do you feel like in any profession, women are praised as high as men are? In anything. In professions? In anything. It could be sports. It could be... I think you have your your groups of women who are strong in these professions. Yeah. Sports. You think of Venus and Serena. That's what I'm saying. Right? Candace Parker. Candace Parker. You know, th- those are those three to five people that you represent the entire gen- uh, gender in that field. Category. In that category, right? So you got to think like politicians. Kamala. You think of, I don't actors. Viola Davis. But you can't name me like back to back to back to back to back to back a lot of people who represent, you know, women in these fields. And a lot of people don't know. I mean, Wait, I was actually about to have to jump in on that. And I, I was think too. The sad, the sad part is I can name you a lot more women actors or, or actress than I okay. can politicians or I guess people who are really involved in the community, mm-hmm. which is okay. on me for maybe not educating myself, but also it's who do we shine the light on? Mm-hmm. And who do we glorify? Who do we say these are the people who I'm interested in actually knowing about? Because why don't I know more politicians who are women and who are trying to make an impact in that? But I can tell you, Neil Long, I can tell you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, good, but, like, but guess what? A lot of those women that you're going to name now, we start to, we as a society, not even just as a race or as a gender, we sexualize them, so that's why we know who they are. We, we, a, we, we see them as their body, we don't see them as the person, because... That is a yeah. major. Yeah, if I say Neil Long, Kevin might start drooling. Because imagine, <laughs> imagine if none of these women ever did anything in like movies where it was like, I don't know, like kind of like showing skin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like, will we still be talking about the I mean, I'm, y'all see it that way. way. We see it as they decided. I mean, exactly. and this goes back to, you know, what Fetty was saying and what I was saying. You know, we sexualize women a lot. Mm. And that, that honestly is very detrimental. So that goes back to what I was saying about it makes women depressed. That's where we start comparing ourselves. And the most recent one I can think about is that assistant coach for Texas A&M. Oh, I yeah, feel yeah. like that's very disrespectful. She's just doing her job. Yes. If, 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 you don't, if you're not familiar with that, she's a young lady who is the assistant coach for Texas A&M. And every game she posts her uh, fit pictures. There's nothing wrong with these fits. Yeah, she was wearing exactly. fully clothes. Fully clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. With yeah. the heels she didn't yeah. sexualize herself. Somebody. Society mm-hmm. did. So the fact that society sexualized her, now she's looking at it like, you know, now I got a point to prove. Like, y'all are the ones sexualizing mm-hmm. me. I didn't come to this game sitting here trying to be the right. hottest thing out here. I'm just doing my job. And that's a shame that... You have one intention in mind, and someone sees it in a different perspective of viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And we always think that another perspective is a good thing. It's not always a good it's thing not. because you're sitting there doing your job trying to coach the girls, and someone's like, "Oh, I can't pay attention to the game because she has curves." What's she gonna do with the but curves? Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's been like that since we were young. Like you got to think about it. A lot of us, as females in general, we weren't allowed to wear certain things to school. Like, we couldn't, I remember when I was in school, we couldn't show our shoulders. I remember that, yeah. Skirts, we had, to be, skirts yeah. had to be all the way to your knees. And you know what I used to, I didn't understand it when I was young. And now that I'm older, I used to just, I just think, like, 
how is that a distraction to a five year old? And I and it starts that starts so early now that they society now makes it like oh because she can't wear her little spaghetti strap at five. She's scared to wear it at 15. Exactly. And then scared at 15. At 25, she's like, I don't know why I can't even show my body now because it seems as if society's going to shun me out for it. Like, you have to be a nun. And then, you know, what makes it worse is that, you know, not only does your school do it, like, a lot of times your parents start to do it, too. So, as a young girl growing up, now your parents are telling you whatever you wear, you need to cover your butt. Or Mm -hmm. you need to make sure you're not showing too much skin. I feel like, hey, if that's what you want to do, so you gotta have a little cloth to put yep. over your legs and stuff. Like, I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm like, shit. like, I don't understand why society puts these inflections on women already when they're already fighting to get to where they want to be at. Like, you're you're bu- you're building up a wall that's already there, but instead of the wall being made out of straw, that shit's made out of brick, and you really? gotta. And you got a toothpick to try to break it down. It's definitely a setback. I will say that because I feel like, you know, hey, this is the body I was born in. Like, mm-hmm. are you telling me to be ashamed of my body? And then you see girls over here, they all got big butts and now they showing it off. And now we sitting here sexualizing them and I'm sitting here like, so what is it? Is it our body's not good enough? We shouldn't show it off or should we be showing it off? I feel like what you guys is like, well, women, it's a constant change. Like, mm-hmm. it's a constant change. The BBLs women. only get bigger. Like, it's like, I, everything. I think, like, like, think about it, like, through decades. Look in the 90s. Like, the, the woman that people wanted, it was more slimmer women. Simplicity. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the, the Aaliyahs, you know. The Whitney Houston, like, the little it's slimmer the type body kind of structures, right? Now, yeah. we're in 2022. If... You not curve like the letter P, then it's like something you're doing something wrong. You're doing something, but then that comes back to you guys. You gotta realize. I'm not gonna say women set the standard. I'm not gonna say specifically men set set the standard, but you guys do play a part. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, "Oh, this girl more attractive than this girl because her butt is bigger," and it's not even it's not like the body colorist. Saying yeah. like, oh, look at that light skin girl, oh, look at yeah. that dark skin girl. That, that's definitely an issue, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. I know as a young girl when I was growing up, the compliments I would get is you're pretty for a black girl. I mean or a dark skin girl, you know. Compliments. Mm-hmm. It's it's very very black backhanded. I I don't know. Like when I was younger, I guess because I didn't understand, it was like, Oh, I mean, I guess I'm just cute, right? But then as I got older, especially when I got into high school, I started realizing like what you're really saying is normally dark-skinned girls aren't this cute. Mm-hmm. So now is I'm sitting here looking at the light-skinned girl, and I'm like, oh, obviously she's going to be cuter and she's going to get more attention because Just she's light-skinned. Light mm-hmm. But then, you know, now that starts a little, now, I'm not going to say a war, but that starts a split between us because now I'm thinking, you know, she looks down on me because I'm darker than her, and now I'm looking at her like, girl, it, it basically is a war because instead of us trying to uplift each other collectively, we're now starting to get divided in our own team. Yeah. 
you know, we, we already, as black folk, are already fighting to get to the equality and the equity that we want. And they use everything they can to split us up to keep us from realizing that we have a common struggle. Hello. We need to realize that common struggle so we can work on it as a collective. Just because Black History Month over oh, don't mean that I'm still not going to start talking about Black History okay. now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, I hit my Black History every single day. So I think that it goes back to, like, the slave mentality. Yeah. You know? The lighter skinned and the lighter shaded people were always inside and they were seen as if the proper deemed eloquent folks. Mm-hmm. The darker skin color, and you were outside. They even covered that up, even with slavery. Like they did so much more gruesome stuff that they're not gonna say. Yeah, that they're not gonna talk about. To separate us. And that's why I say you gotta do your own research because our American system, yes, I'm gonna talk about our American system. They are flawed. They're not gonna teach you anything, they're not gonna teach you what you need to know, they're gonna teach you what you want to know. If you wanna lock me up, damn it, lock me up, damn it. I ain't I'm not damn I'm not ashamed of this shit. <laughs> Okay, I didn't get a little riled up for that one. Let me calm down. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, I think, uh, and y'all talking about this from a woman's perspective, it really hurts to see that you have to go through so much to pose yourself as this person that sometimes you don't want to pose. But society's like, hey, you have you to be this. What? And that comes back to when people define a woman as strong. I always say, I don't really... That's why I say I don't think, you know, there's a real definition because there is sometimes where women are weak. Mm-hmm. But does that make me less of a woman because right now I can't be strong? Say it again. There you go. That's that, that's that's great. And I just want to let everybody, that every woman out there that, you know, is listening, there are moments that you will not feel like yourself. There are moments where you may feel like the saddest person on this earth. That does not mean that you are weak. That does not mean that you are less of a woman. You are still a woman. You are human. You have emotions. Go through them and get through them. Mm. And she said that. I'm going to say this too, okay? <laughs> at the Open Door Podcast, at Cozy Times, us as men are going to do everything in our power to ensure that we are here for you yeah. at your yeah, strongest times and at your weakest times. We are going to be uplifting you, and we're going to be in your corner rooting for you at all times. So if you are a man listening to this conversation, I don't care if it's your mama, I don't care if it's your girlfriend, I don't care if it's your classmate. I want you to go to them tomorrow. If you're looking at them right now, pause this damn podcast and tell them that we appreciate you and we got you. Because if we don't do that, then we all going to crumble as a people. And if we crumble, it's going to be a long damn time until we get what we want to get. I'm not got hyped up again. <laughs> <laughs> the boy about to start I don't, it's like it's just you gotta be passionate about these things, yeah, man. Yeah, you, you really do. do, especially when you grow up around nothing but women. Like yes. I grew up with a single mother and my grandma. That, that's all I. That's know. what I'm saying. I, my mom had me at 15 years old, mm-hmm. and I've watched her sacrifice so much for me to be where I'm at today. And it took me almost 22 years of my entire life to realize how much she sacrificed. Because I've gotten to this point now, saying, "Dang, at 22, my mom had me, and I was you know seven. What? That's what I mean when I say a lot of times. I'm not going to say just black women, but different races, too. The women usually take the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, everything has always been the man, the man, the man. And I, you guys may disagree with me, but think about it. The man was able to get a job first. The man had the higher wage for a long time. You know, the man was the one going to the, uh, the meetings, and he was the one making the final decision in the household. So women, naturally, we do take the back burner, and I feel like, once we start getting recognized for the things that we actually do, mm-hmm. because a lot of things that a man does, he cannot do without a woman. Hello. You got to think about it, even in the biblical terms, you know, Adam 
he, I want to say Eve was the rib of Adam. It, like you know, and, that's, true, and yeah. that's why you know he needed her. And if I take your rib, you ain't nothing. Right, and that no, that is entirely true, and that's why I don't want to hear no excuse for nobody saying that. Yeah, I don't believe that. If you are biblical, shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Right, like that, literally in the first chapter of the damn Bible. I, I said, damn, it, Bible. It's all right, saying, you know, God he, loves you. God loves me, but he knows I'm speaking <laughs> the facts right now. That you have to love a woman for who she is, okay? Just as a human as you are, they are too. And they got a lot because, more to deal I with. I mean, even in the Bible, it says man can't be alone. And that's why Eve was created. Yeah. So, you know. I think once we start recognizing women for the little things that you do, mm-hmm. that we do, I should say, you know. Not little, it's not little, never say. I mean, yeah, it's not little, you're right. It's not. But, you know, start getting recognition for the things that we do in the background that you may think is not that big of a deal, but actually is that big of a deal. It's a lot of things that we do. And I'm going to be honest, this. When it comes to pleasing you, keeping you fed, you know, giving birth, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Women are behind a lot of things. Y'all go through a lot. Tons of things that we do. Even um, me and Jazz always talk about uh, everybody familiar with Gunner, right? His most recent album, his whole team was full of women, actually. Wow. That was posted. His whole team is women. His whole team is women. I did not know that. PR manager, all of that. I think that's that's ways that you can be a catalyst to the solution. Social media doesn't just because you post something doesn't mean that you did something. Yeah, right. What Gunner just did it is a solution, or at least finding a way to the solution. You okay. Know okay. What? He's not the only person that does it. Beyonce does it too. Yeah. It's a lot of people that that's out here, and like I said, women take the back burner. That their whole team is full of females. Mm-hmm. Whether they be black, white, Asian, Spanish, it's full of females. And they keep it moving. You know, the smallest thing goes wrong, they're fixing it. You don't see it. You don't see it. And that's I think that's what I hate about social media sometimes. Is people look, think that if I don't see it, it never happened. Bullshit. Like, there's 8 billion people. It's like 8 billion people in the world. I'm not going to know what everybody's doing at that time. Okay. But guess what? People are working. People are grinding. People are busting their behind day in and day out to get what they want and what they rightfully deserve. And as women, they have to work harder sometimes to get to it. But guess what? They're going to get it. They're going to achieve it. They're, they're going to be breaking the walls of the barriers that are being placed in front of them so people behind them can continue to go farther along this marathon of a race that we are in. And so with that, I think... I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Uh, I don't, I'm a, Jazz, I'm going to let you close it out. I want you to talk about what you think about this. Uh, wait, what do you want me to Like, just wrap it up. Like, what, what, what are your closing thoughts? I mean, I think the sooner we start recognizing women and we start uplifting them and, you know, helping them on the days that they don't feel like themselves or feel like they are a woman, the sooner we can start empowering each other, the more that females start looking at the next female as their sister instead of looking at them as their enemy, mm. you know? I we can probably get further than we are, but it all depends on whether your mindset is there. But you can't get there until, you know, you can't get there until you start fixing yourself. 
All right. That's a, that's a great way to wrap up a very empowering topic. And to the woman, you know, we, we want you to be empowered, self-empowered, and, you know, and we empowering you through our actions and our words. And I think the way that we can self-empower one another is by doing our cozy moment uh, to our guests and to our listeners. If you're not familiar with the cozy moment, it is something to where we talk about what made us feel cozy, what made us feel warm, safe, happy, whatever emotion you think uh, embodies that word cozy. We want to hear it. And so we want to let the ladies go first with them being our guests. Uh, no? What embodies being cozy? What made you feel like, what, what made you feel cozy this week? Like what made you feel happy? What Anything, you feel yeah. Positive. It can be as simplistic, it can be, like, I don't care what it is. Um, what made me feel happy this week? Um, this week was pretty good. I mean, I woke up, I guess. I, woke that's up yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, you can't take hers now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She can speak for I can speak for her. Okay. You can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Kevin, what you got? Y'all know my stand the same for the rest of the year. My boys won the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness. He had one episode. And he took it and ran with it. <laughs> we bring this back every week. Okay, Dez, what you got? Um, I would say mine a little bit deeper. It's like, I guess really, really coming to the realization that comparison, how we talk about comparison, especially with um social media, like you shouldn't compare yourself to the highlights or specific sessions of people's lives that they've chosen to share with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people do that. And when I kind of realized that, it kind of just allowed me to live life a little bit smoother. Less, like, not so much looking for highlights as much, but more so just cruising through life. And yeah. like you guys said, just feeling cozy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I had an uh, old friend call me a couple days ago. Chopping it up, you know, catching up on old times. And they told me that, you know, they appreciated how I was in high school and how I was always determined to do whatever I wanted to do, no matter what people around me said. And they said they looked up to me for that. And I mean, it's been almost four years since we've been in high school together, but for them to still remember that, that touched me. You know, that really made me feel like I'm doing something right in life. And that's what I was saying. Sometimes doing what you need to do might hurt in the present. Reap the rewards of it uh, in the future, and hearing that positive assurance of what I've been doing for so long now is coming to so. Like, okay, I'm gonna keep on doing that. So that was, that was my cozy moment. Uh, my cozy moment. Speaking that this is the first week of March. My mama just had her birthday. Happy March birthday, 4th. mama! Yeah. So March fourth. I mean March first. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 March first. Happy birthday, Mom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, uh, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being a consistent listener of the Open Door Podcast. Uh, be sure to always check out our social handles on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, continue to be very active in the Discord page. Uh, we like to see the conversations are being held. We have many rooms for you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast that I dropped in there last time, that Sunday podcast. If you didn't listen to it yet, Sunday's coming up soon. Let's get ready for it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we appreciate you. Keep on sharing. Keep on listening. Keep on reviewing. Keep on repeating. And as always, uh, be blessed. Don't stress. And stay cozy.